welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. In our previous podcast, we mentioned that the Baptists appealed to President George Washington for his aid in securing religious freedom in the United States. We further said that we would supply the letter to him and his reply. I ask your patience in supplying such lengthy reading, but I believe such information is profitable to see some of the efforts of the Baptist and the influence in particular of John Leland in these matters. The letter sent to President Washington from the Baptist General Committee was prepared by John Leland. Leland's letter to Washington and his reply are found as noted by Charles James in Bidding's Notes on the Century History of the Strawberry Association and also in Leland's works, pages 52 through 54. I am copying both letters from James's documentary history of the struggle for religious liberty in Virginia from pages 171 through 174. Address of the Committee of the United States of the United Baptist Churches of Virginia, assembled in the city of Richmond, August the 8th, 1789, to the President of the United States of America. Sir, among many shouts of congratulations that you receive from cities, societies, states, and the whole world, we wish to take an active part in the universal course in expressing our great satisfaction in your appointment to the first office in the nation. When America, on a former occasion, was reduced to the necessity of appealing to arms to defend her natural and civil rights, a Washington was found fully adequate to the exigencies of the dangerous attempt, who by the philanthropy of his heart and the prudence of his head led forth her untutored troops into the field of battle and by the skillfulness of his hands baffled the projects of the insulting foe and pointed out the broad road to independence, even at a time when the energy of the cabinet was not sufficient to bring into action the natural aid of the Confederation from its respective sources. The grand object being obtained, the independence of the states acknowledged, Free free from ambition, devoid of thirst of blood, our hero returned with those he commanded and laid down the sword at the feet of those who gave it to him. Such an example to the world is new. Like other nations, we experience that it requires as great valor and wisdom to make an advantage of conquest as to gain one. The want of efficacy in the Federation, the redundancy of laws, and their partial administrations in the states called aloud for a new arrangement in our systems. The wisdom of the states for that purpose was collected in a grand convention over which you, sir, 
had the honor to preside. A national government in all its parts was recommended as the only preservation of the Union, which plan of government is now in actual operation. When the Constitution first made its appearance in Virginia, we as a society had unusual strugglings of mind, fearing that the liberty of conscience, dearer to us than property or life, was not sufficiently secured. Perhaps our jealousies were heightened by the usage we received in Virginia under the regal government when mobs, fines, bonds, and prisons were our frequent repast. Convinced on the one hand that without an effective national government, the states would fall in disunion and all the consequent evils, and on the other hand, fearing that we should be accessory to some religious oppression should any one society in the Union preponderate over the rest. Amidst all these inquietudes of mind, our consolation arose from this consideration. Namely, the plan must be good, for it has the signature of a tried, trusty friend, and if religious liberty is rather insecure in the Constitution, the administration will certainly prevent all oppressions, for a Washington will preside. According to our wishes, the unanimous voice of the Union has called you, sir, from your beloved retreat to launch forth again into the faithless sea of human affairs to guide the helm of the states. May that divine munificence which covered your head in battle make you a yet greater blessing to your admiring country in time of peace. Should the horrid evils that have been so uh, pestiferous in Asia and Europe, faction, ambition, war, perfidy, fraud, and persecution for conscience' sake, ever approach the borders of our happy nation, may the name and administration of our beloved President, like the radiant source of day, scatter all those dark clouds from the American hemisphere. And while we speak freely, the language of our hearts are satisfied that we express our sentiments of our brethren whom we represent. The very name of Washington is music in our ears, and although the great evil in the states is the want of mutual confidence between rulers and people, yet we all have the utmost confidence in the President of the states, and it is our fervent prayer to Almighty God that the federal government and the governments of the respective states, without rivalship, may so cooperate together as to make the numerous people over whom you preside the happiest nation on earth, and you, sir, the happiest man, in seeing the people whom, by the smiles of providence, you saved from vassalage by your valor and made wise by your maxims, sitting securely under their vines and fig trees, enjoy the perfection of human felicity. May God long preserve your life and health for a blessing to the world in general, 
and the United States in particular, when, like the sun, you have finished your course of great and unparalleled services and go the way of all the earth, may the divine being, who will reward every man according to his works, grant unto you a glorious admission into his everlasting kingdom through Jesus Christ. This, sir, is the prayer of your happy admirers. By order of the committee, Samuel Harris, Chairman, Reuben Ford, Clerk. Washington's Reply To the General Committee Respecting the United Baptist Churches in Virginia. Gentlemen, I request that you will accept my best acknowledgments for your congratulations on my appointment to the first office in the nation. The kind manner in which you mention my past conduct equally claims the expression of my gratitude. After we have, by the smiles of divine providence on our exertions, obtained the object for which we contended, I retired at the conclusion of the war with an idea that my country could have no further occasion for my services and with the intention of never again entering public life. But when the exigencies of my country seemed to require me once more to engage in public affairs, an honest conviction of duty superseded my former resolution and became my apology for deviating from the happy plan which I had adopted. If I could have entertained the slightest apprehension that the Constitution framed by the Convention, where I had the honor to preside, might possibly endanger the religious rights of any ecclesiastical society, certainly I would never have placed my signature to it. And if I could now conceive that the general government might be so administered as to render the liberty of conscience insecure, I beg you, will be persuaded that none would be more zealous than myself to establish effective barriers against the horrors of spiritual tyranny and every species of religious persecution. For you, doubtless remember, I have often expressed my sentiments that any man conducting himself as a good citizen and being accountable to God alone for his religious opinions ought to be protected in worshiping the deity according to the dictates of his own conscience. While I recollect with satisfaction that the religious society of which you are members have been throughout America uniformly and almost unanimously the firm friend to civil liberty and the preserving promoters of our glorious revolution, I cannot hesitate to believe that they will be the faithful supporters of a free, yet effective, general government. Under this pleasing expectation, I rejoice to assure them that they may rely upon my best wishes and endeavor to promote their prosperity. In the meantime, be assured, gentlemen, that I entertain a proper sense of your fervent applications to God for my temporal and eternal happiness. I am, gentlemen, your most obedient servant, George Washington.
Again, I hope this lengthy reading has been profitable as well as interesting to you. Nevertheless, our time is exhausted for today. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.